Good morning, Breakfast with the Broker, every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Uh, we do have a special treat for you. You, uh, you have been waiting for it, as we have. So uh, without further ado, let's do this. And now, coming to you by way of New York City, New York, he's an American real estate broker with Nest Seekers International, consistently ranked as the number one sales team in New York City and top five in the nation. He currently stars on Bravo's two-time Emmy Award-nominated reality television series, Million Dollar Listing New York, and its spinoff, Sell It Like Serhant, best-selling author, husband, father, vlogger, and creator of the best damn open houses I've ever seen, Mr. Ryan Serhant. Wow. <laughs> thank you for having me. Welcome wow, to breakfast. Thank you. And happy Cinco de Mayo. Absolutely. You see my background? You know, I love you too. You know, kind of. Yeah. You know, oh, I don't look like that all... right now. I'm like, I'm, I'm quarantined out. My hair is two months longer. I've got a, my beard is growing back. <laughs> I'm going to eat breakfast at the same time. So absolutely. Listen, I got my, uh, you know, I think I told you off camera that, you know, I have to diet and stuff. You know, I, I don't have the girlish figure that you have. I, you're right. My, my finger is girly. I, uh, I diet too, but I just, I eat what I can in a certain window and then I fast for the rest of the day. So it's terrible. It's the only so, thing that's ever worked for me. You know, listen, you've, you've done obviously a lot of these shows and obviously there's, there's none, uh, you know, more privileged to be on breakfast with the broker of, of course. But, uh, besides that, uh, you know, up in New York city, you know, you're really, you know, the, the, the Pennsylvania, New York, Michigan, some of these other, you know, states kind of non-essential or deemed non-essential, you know, how are you doing? How are you managing up there? Um, we are slowly becoming zombies. Um, <laughs> where I, I crawl now across the pavement on my way to the office. I'm not allowed to, I'm not even supposed to be here technically. Like, please do not tell <laughs> Governor Cuomo, um, but I'm in my office. Um, it's, you know what, it's, it's an interesting time. Um, in, you know, this, this hit us much faster than anyone anticipated. And I think most of us, with the exception of like two people I know, didn't really take it seriously at the beginning because it was foreign. It was, you know, it was hurting other people. Nothing like this ever comes to the United States, right? Bird flu didn't shut down the world. SARS didn't shut down the world. Other than that, like when was the last time there was a pandemic? There wasn't, right? It's in movies. And so we were all just kind of pushing people along until slowly but surely, we have a lot of clients, obviously, in New York City who are foreign and who are based um, in China overseas. And they started pulling out of deals. And they're like, no, 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 this is much worse than everybody thinks. And they're like, what, really? Are you sure? Like, I thought you guys just built a hospital in four days for a thousand people. I saw that in the New York Post. What's going on? Uh, and slowly but surely, it started to become a real thing. Um, uh, and it became a little bit scary. Um, most people left the city in the middle of March. You know, I went to with my wife and our baby and my mother-in-law who lives with us. My parents have a lake house in New Hampshire. So we went there for, honestly, we packed for a week, you know, like 10 days, maybe in the middle of March. And we were there for four weeks. And we then, uh, decided to come back because, you know, the, the peak had ended in the beginning of April and it's actually really nice in the city now. It's now not freezing cold. The streets are empty. Everything's closed. So it's kind of difficult that way. But grocery stores are fine. A few little delis are fine. Um, and you can still walk around. You know, it's not 
crazy. It's not scary. All the cops are out. They're all friendly. Um, so it's been really, really nice to be back. And so I've been back for a little over two weeks. As far as business is concerned, um, all new business stopped because we are not deemed essential. And even if we were, you know, New Yorkers and the people who buy property in New York are um, they're incredibly greedy and they're very stingy at the same time. So when they have the opportunity to get more, they go for it. And when they have the opportunity to pull back, they pull back harder than anybody else. That's why New York's market is either going like this or like this. You know, the rest of the country, as I talk to agents, you know, because of our sales course and everything all over the country, you know, people have been like this for a little while, right? Steadily on the way up, you know, things are okay. In New York, we either go straight up or straight down. Um, <laughs> and it can become, and it can be very, very difficult to navigate. So what we've been really focusing on is maintaining current business and current relationships, keeping everyone positive, right? That's, I think the easiest thing for salespeople to do right now is to, is to, become, you know, kind of addicted to the negativity because there's so much news and it's so negative and everyone's so angry and everyone's upset that then you talk to a client and it comes across in your voice. It comes across in the way you talk. And then your clients get nervous too, because they're like, oh, my real estate agent is nervous and I should be nervous. And then you're like, no, 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 it's fine. Let's go to market. And they're like, yeah, but you just, you just, you talked to me for 10 minutes about everybody dying and how scary it is. And that your, your mother in Wisconsin is, is you know nervous like we so it's about staying positive and keeping your mental health going and really focusing on things that you've never been able to focus before like when was the last time you were given two months to slow down in the middle of the spring market and just focus on your business plan like you know it's awesome so we've been using a lot of that time for my team uh, to really focus on the future and it's been really really cool and i i'm going to be sad when this is over i'm not going to be sad <laughs> i take that back I'm really excited for this to be over, but I will miss the calm. Like it's, what is it? Tuesday morning, 9 a.m. I saw two cars in Soho walking here, three people. I'm in my building. There's a hundred offices in the building I'm in right now. I'm the only one here right now. I have the whole thing to myself. I'm going to work on things all day long and get things done that I've wanted to get done for five years. You know, stuff on my list that just builds up and builds up and you get so busy for, you know, it's, um, when everything goes back to normal, I think it's going to be mass pandemonium and craziness because there's going to be so much pent up demand and energy that I'm going to miss this kind of calm quiet. So, I mean, you know, this calm quiet is, uh, as you said, you know, most realtors, I think I've watched you do like um, some videos that basically said, oh, you know, realtors are treating this like a Saturday. You know, they're, they're not, you know, they're not really um, integral parts of the, um, or, or they're not really going after it and, and, and working on their business and, and really seeing how they're going to come out of this better than when they came into it. Yeah. And, you know, what's your advice to some real estate agents that, you know, we're just, they're just not getting it. Like, uh, you know, I could beat it into people's heads, but like, let, let's go, let's, let's, let's keep that structure. Yeah. I, um, listen, you only have so much time on, on earth. Right. And every free moment you get, like you need to take complete advantage of it. Like use this time to get ahead of everybody else. That's really the way I feel. My my point of view, and I don't mean this to offend anybody, but my point of view and being in New York right now, being in the office by myself, working my I'm like, I'm working longer hours now than I was before. And I'm not showing apartments, I'm not running around with my head cut off like a chicken. And I'm not talking to new buyers, making new offers. But I built out a whole list at the beginning of this and said, okay. 
what's everything I've always wanted to do? Like, I want to update our CRM. I want to figure out new sh- you know, postcards and show sheets. I want to figure out new ways to network. I want to build out a whole list. I wrote down all my clients' names, all of our developers' names, all my team's names, and I wrote down things next to every single person with what I've always wanted to do for them and what I think I should be doing. And it's like a year's worth of work that I'm cramming into whatever time we have now. And I'm getting that done because I feel like Forrest Gump. Remember Forrest Gump? Remember during the storm, him and Agent Dan are on the boat (laughs) and they're the one boat that goes into the storm and rides it out and they survive. And at the end of the storm, all the other shrimp boats, they're capsized. The people went out. They're out of business. They're all broken. And they create Bubba Gump Shrimp Company from that, right? It's a story. I get it. It's a movie, okay? But I've been thinking about Tom Hanks, and you know Tom Hanks has you know been in the news a lot lately. So, like that's me. All the other agents in New York City are are gone. They're in Florida. They're in the Hamptons. They're upstate. They're hanging out. And they're like, wow, this is really bad. Things are things are getting real bad. Like, wow, this is bad. What am I going to do? I'm going to file for unemployment. What am I going to do? I think, like, nope, nope, nope. And they're sitting home. And they're watching Netflix and they're doing a few emails and they're going for some walks and they're maybe getting in some good family time and that's fine. But then the world's going to come back on and they're going to say, okay, what do I do now? I got to, I got to rebuild. I got to do this. Like you just had two months of bonus time gifted to you. And if you're deemed an essential work and you can still show like there's so many more opportunities than you have that, that, I don't have in New York because I'm not allowed to even go into a building. Even if Governor Cuomo comes out and says, you know what? Real estate's now essential. You guys can go back to work. That doesn't mean that every building in New York City is going to say, okay, outside contractors can come in. I I don't think that's going to happen for a while. I don't think I'm still going to be able to show apartments because doormen and boards of these condominiums and co-ops are going to say, still too dangerous. So, like, you know, it's everybody out there who's able to show and able to close – you know, depending on what state you're in, you should be very, very, very lucky. No, we're fortunate. And, and, you know, most of us kind of feel like Tom Hanks talking to Wilson in the ball, you know, because they're sitting, <laughs> he's sitting at home looking at this, uh, the wall, that, you know, and, and changing uh, scenery yeah. from the living room to the family room. But uh, so is there any, um, you know, I don't know, you want to call light at the end of the tunnel, but light at the end of the tunnel for, uh, for New York, because I know some of the states, you know, have issued, you know, um, you know, you can uh, ease back into things. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I saw one of the states, you know, this Friday was going to ease into things. Uh, some, some of the states are Monday, you know, kind of yeah. things. Is there any anything that uh, um, any light at the end of the tunnel for New York for now? I mean, yeah, you know, the the uh, hospitalizations have been coming down steadily every day. Um, the deaths have been coming down, thank God, steadily every day. A lot of people are still dying every day in New York, which is just really, really sad. Um, and I don't want to make light of the situation at all, but I, I I feel like everybody who's listening to us right now understands the gravity of the situation. And I want to be efficient with people's time so we don't need to spend time talking about the seriousness of the situation because I, I think everybody gets it. Um, uh, but, you know, New York is saying, you know, that there's now a 12-step program that was announced yesterday. And once you check off all of those 12 uh, check boxes, then your region can start to go into a four phase reopening. And so it's like the most complicated classic New York. Like it's, it's just complicated. <laughs> it's confusing. No one understands and no one gets when we're going to go back to work. Like they said that construction was going to start up on May 15th, but then they came back out and said, well, for certain regions, 
we'll be in touch. Just, <laughs> how do you how do you plan for that? I mean, I, I feel so bad for all my developers who are sitting on huge sites. They still got to pay every month, right? They've got interest on their loans. They got real estate taxes every month, and they can't do anything. They're sitting dead in the water. It's like worse than a stop work order. Um, and it's, it's tough, but I think, you know, probably by June, July, we'll be, we'll be coming out of this pretty strong. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's tough and, you know, people have to adapt, but, uh, you know, use this time wisely, uh, certainly, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're, a, you're a star, right? You're a star on million dollar listing New York and, uh, you're a star. Uh, <laughs> we're all stars. Uh, <laughs> but you know, how did you get into it? I know you, you, you had a, a background in acting and such like that. And, uh, you know, people still want to see you on uh, soap operas. But, you know, uh, you, you gravitated to the uh, real estate, uh, combining real estate and actor. But, you know, was that a difficult, uh, I don't know what you call it, transition, but was it difficult to get in on this million dollar listing in New York? Because it really has, uh, has, has kind of taken off. Yeah. I mean, listen, we, we're right now, well, we're not right now but we were before the shutdown uh we're filming season nine of the show so nine years later right we started filming i started filming the show first season at the end of 2010 and i was cast on it in the beginning of 2010 so for me it's really been it's been 10 years of my life um you know uh getting on million dollar listing new york now is impossible because it's you know, you, what would you do? Call up a producer and say, Hey, I want to be the new cast member. And they'd say, we're not looking for new cast members. So, you know, (laughs) million dollar listing is not the answer for people going forward. There's other shows, there's YouTube, there's Netflix, there's so many other things, you know, you just create your own content. I mean, that's, that's what I would do. Um, and that's what we are also doing, but I, Listen, man, I got super lucky. I, I spent my whole life thinking I was going to be an actor and going to school for it and prepping for it and learning how to be in front of a camera, uh, figuring out how to speak, how to use my voice, figuring out how to use my body language, how to talk with my hands, without my hands, how to how to be a person in the moment, how to listen in order to respond to people instead of just listening to reply. And that's all acting study, right? I studied in London. I studied in the city, everywhere. And so then when I couldn't get a job and pay my bills as an actor, I had to figure out how I was going to, if I wanted to stay in New York City, I either bartend, wait tables, or, or be a know, realtor. Get a, yeah, or, or, get a, or get a temp job, right? Or, you know, in New York City is 70% rental um, and there's millions of rental apartments in the city. So I had a friend who just said, hey, get your real estate license. It's easy. And then go rent apartments. You know, you've been acting your whole life. All you have to do is memorize information. Okay. Memorize information about buildings so that when you meet someone and they say, how many apartments are in that building? What are the amenities? What's the cost? All you have to do is memorize it. That's it. And it changes every day. So it's quick. You were on a soap opera. You had to memorize lines every day, which is true. Um, And so that's what I did when I got my license. And I really, really did not want to be a real estate agent. I thought real estate agents were the absolute worst. Uh, And I just didn't see my life as like a real estate broker, you know, at the time. Um, But then I fell in love with the business. I fell in love with the, the game and the puzzle. And, you know, I had spent two years in the city by myself um, with no money trying to act, which basically means you spend all your money every day, every month for the hope to try to work for free. And so when I got into real estate, everyone was like, well, it's really tough. There's lots of rejection. You work for free. No one pays you until you get something done. And I'm like, that's the only life I really know. So (laughs) I, I didn't, 
have such a hard time with rejection at the beginning and people didn't want to buy an apartment through me or rent an apartment through me. It's like, okay, I mean, they're sure. No problem. I'll go on to the next one. And guess what? As an actor, you got to be, you got to wait to be called for an audition for a role, or you got to figure out how to make things happen on your own. In 2008, nine, when I started, I just had to put ads on Craigslist and people would call me. And then I would just meet them. And all I had to do is talk to them about real estate and hopefully they would rent one. And if they rented an apartment for $3,000 a month, which is not a lot of money in New York, my broker split with the house was 50-50. All I had to do is show them an apartment that I don't own. And I just have to memorize some information about it. And they want to move anyway. So if they do it with me, then I'll get a check for $3,000. And then the next week, I'll get my portion of it, which would be 1500 bucks. And all I had to do was show them an apartment and I've been spending two years trying to like make a thousand dollars a month doing free theater in the you know uh, like on the street and hand modeling and like I didn't make that much money doing the soap opera um, and so I just saw it as like this is an unbelievable opportunity. All I have to do is go meet people on the street and I can show them apartments and just talk to them like it's this is not rocket science. And I, I, I really credit those first two years of trying to be an actor and how tough that was and how brutal it was and how you had to make your own business every day. I'd, I'd wake up early, I would submit all my resumes and I'd do all my headshots and then I would go to actors equity auditions and I'd stand in line from 6 a.m. in Times Square to try to get seen for off-Broadway and Broadway shows to be background in those shows. And I would do extra work. Like I would be the guy walking in the background of a law and order scene and stuff like that for a hundred bucks. Um, and you'd be there for eight hours waiting for that moment to walk in the background. And I did it all day, every day for two years. And I gave it my all. It's really tough. So real estate was great. Um, <laughs> and so then when there was a random casting call, uh, I think it was on curbed and the real deal for the New York version of million dollar listing, which was on Bravo and based in LA. It's like, I, I can go that. Sure. But I didn't really, I never really thought seriously about it. And so when I went to the casting call, it was at the Hudson Hotel um, uptown and 3,000 brokers were there. Uh, wow. And it was like, all right, well, this is just a regular cattle call the same way I've been used to previously. And I went in and they asked me a couple questions and I told them what they wanted to hear. And, you know, I'd been in front of cameras before. I knew how to audition. Um, so I gave them what I thought was good and I left. A couple months later, they called me and they're like, hey, you've made it to the final 500 for something like that. <laughs> you know, the next step is like a written application. So I did a written application, never heard. A couple months later, hey, you've made it to the final 100. All right, you know, do this at this. And then they, they cut it down to 30. And when it was cut down to 30, then they said, okay, we're going to pick four people to be on the first season of the show. Um, we're going to fly to New York because they're based in LA, the production company. And we are going to film you for half a day. We're going to do that with 30 people. Um, and we're going to use that as your final audition with Bravo and NBC are then going to decide. And I knew then I was like, you know what? All these other agents, they don't know what they're doing in front of a camera. And I don't think they're going to know what to do for that half a day. I'm going to give them a half a day that they've never seen in their entire life. And I structured a half a day to crush it. And by, and I structured it so that like they thought they were going to be with me for six hours uh, at the fourth hour. I got a phone call that was really, really urgent. And I left the production crew on the side of the street and said, sorry, I know you want to film with me for the next two hours. I, I got a lot going on. I got to go. I, it's okay if it didn't work out. And I left. They called me a week <laughs> later and they said, that was the craziest thing we've ever been involved in. You ran us all over the city and then you left us on the street. No one did that. We want you. 
I was like, <laughs> it's amazing how well shit like that works. And I've been on the show ever since. You know, you got to be, uh, you know, prepared for the opportunity. Uh, I remember watching uh, Magic Johnson speak, and that was one of his uh, big advices, you know, uh, and he would, he would say, oh, you got to be prepared for the opportunity. So you obviously was, you know, extremely prepared for the opportunity. You know, then when we look at, you know, content and, put, and posting content, and you're a big vlogger and, and you put together, you know, a lot of stuff on YouTube and such a lot of realtors, you know, are trying to do that when they don't have a TV show behind them. Right. So it's obviously a lot more difficult. Sure. Um, why did you go into the vlogging as well? Um, you know, was it, you know, what made, what, what attracted you to YouTube and, and, and some of the other vlogging platforms? Good question. So, um, you know, the first couple seasons of million dollar listing were watched by like 25 million people around the world. You know, and even to this day, I walk down the street, most people have seen an episode of it, whether they saw it on Bravo or they saw it when their wife was watching it or they watched it while it was on an airplane or something like that. Um, you know, it's not that I, I bump into somebody and they've seen every episode and are memorizing lines. Um, and then all the streaming networks started coming out and YouTube. Right. And all of a sudden people stopped watching TV as much. Um, and I saw that shift. And like three years ago. I was with my uh, my my niece and nephew who were like, I don't know, 12 and 14 at the time. And we were on vacation and all together as a family. And there wasn't a TV in the hotel. And I was like, this is terrible. Because for me, <laughs> like, you don't have a TV in the room. What am I going to do? And they could have cared less. As long as they had Wi-Fi and their iPads and their screens, all the shows they watch, all their content, for the most part, is on YouTube. And I was like, you know what? they are the buyers of tomorrow and they also have influence over their parents. Like I need to be on YouTube because, you know, hopefully million dollar listing runs for a hundred years. And I, I, that's great. If it doesn't, I don't want to then say, okay, well now what do I do for exposure? How do I get myself out there now? Because I've been so used to having this multi, this multi country platform. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to go do a vlog. That's not like MDL. I'm going to do a vlog that follows my life as a real estate agent and that also shows me doing property tours um, and is kind of everything that I would do outside of MDL. And I'll put it on YouTube and see what people think. And hopefully I can build a platform there that attracts a younger audience, right? Because it's not going to attract people that are home watching Million Dollar Listing every night for the most part. Um, it'll attract hopefully a younger audience. And that's what it's done. And we've been able to sell a lot of properties through our vlog simply because younger people watch YouTube. They then send it to a friend who sends it to a friend who sends it to a friend because you can text the links. You can't text an episode of Bravo when you're watching it. Um, they text the links out to friends, right? Or put it on their socials or whatever. And they say, hey, you, weren't you, wasn't your dad looking for a place in New York City? I, I follow this guy. He says he's the best broker ever, but his name is Ryan. He just put this cool house on the market. Take a look at it. That kid shows his dad or shows his mom. They then reach out either to their broker or to me directly and say, Hey, we're, we're looking for a home. You put something on YouTube. Can we come and see it? Like we just, we just sold a $10 million property in Nolita that way. We're in contract for a $17 million townhouse that way. And so it's real. Like it's not bullshit. It is very, very real. And I'm putting a lot of effort into building that platform. And what's amazing is that the best YouTubers, the most successful ones, whether it's for real estate or business or lifestyle, whatever, are the ones who don't have TV exposure in any way. They're just real, authentic people. 
like recording from their desk, you know? And so everyone watching this right now and every agent I talk to around the world, like there's, there should be nothing stopping you. Like if you want more clients and you want exposure that way, you have the ability to do it for free. You have a phone that takes 4K video. You can make your own vlogs in an app on your phone and you can upload it. And if you don't want to do it, then you're not allowed to complain. Like that, that's my rule. Like you either do it or admire and encourage, but you're not allowed to complain. Okay. What I hate are people who are like, well, that's not for me. Oh, that opportunity. I couldn't do it. I can't. I'm And it's like, you are not a person. Either do it or be excited by it and just don't complain. 100%. You know, imagine this, delivering the content the way that people want to receive the content on different, on multiple platforms. And and that's what you're doing. That's why Amazon's so successful. You know, yeah. they're delivering, you know, what you want, when you want, and they're telling you how how you're going to get it and what you're going to get it before you even know that you're going to get it. So Yeah, um, and, uh, and the timing is huge, right? So, like, Million Dollar Listing is massive, okay? It gets, it's watched by way more people than watch my YouTube channel. And I love Million Dollar Listing and I love Bravo. And if they're watching this right now, I love you forever. Please don't fire me. Um, <laughs> but what I will say is, you know, if I, an episode that I would film in February might not come out to like December or maybe even next year with Corona now, like I have no idea. So it's really about, you know, that show follows our lives and follows the whole storyline, you know, and we use the cameras to bring brokers and to bring traffic, but I can use YouTube and Instagram and a following of a lot of people to get a listing today, make the video tomorrow and put it out on Thursday, right? And that's like, we, we so we had this place on Mulberry Street, right? Just as an example, um, we got the listing at the beginning of February. I made the video that weekend. Uh, we then get all the photos and everything, put it online. Uh, I put the listing online on Monday. The video went live on our vlog Wednesday at 8 p.m. because that's when we put up our vlogs, Wednesday at 8 p.m. Um, me showing off the property. It's asking $11 million. The buyer saw it somehow, some way. The buyer saw the video. I think someone sent it to him because they were looking for something like that. Told his broker about it. They came through on Thursday, literally the next day. They came back a second time on Friday morning. They made an offer on Friday. We negotiated a little bit. was accepted by the end of the day, Friday. And the buyer wasn't even looking in that part of town. And so the point of first substantive contact was a video on YouTube. And I understand that I have a large platform, but when I started, the platform was like four people and it's been really, really tough and slow. And I've been doing it now for three years. So you just have to stick with it and stick at it and just push out good content that you would like to watch. You know, if you make a video of yourself sitting at a desk and you can't look at the camera and you're mumbling and the lighting's not good and you don't, and it looks shitty, like, would you watch that? Probably not. But if you're saying things that are interesting and you're interviewing people that are interesting and you're showing off cool property, whether it's your listing or not, doesn't matter. Like, I sure I'd watch that. Why not? Especially in your neighborhood. So start small, start niche, start with something you like and put that content out there and then let it grow. Right. It's like you're watering the garden. You'll let it grow. You're going to get other plants growing that you didn't even know you had seeds for. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I was watching your uh, sell it like Sarian, um videos and, you know, one of the things that obviously you gave away was like six tips for uh, real estate uh, practitioners to do during uh, COVID-19. And I thought they were excellent. And then, you know, I also, you know, to give you a little plug, I, I think I, I highly encourage the course. Um, it's only $4.99. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it really is um, a pretty cool thing that, uh, great videos and stuff. But one of the things that I really took out of that was as you were uh, segueing into it was it, 
you know, be your community expert, find out what you like and how you want to do it. And then, yeah. you know, create a Facebook group or create a, you know, an Instagram following based on the niche and, and being that community expert. Yeah. I mean, now is such a great time to do things like that. It's so hard to come up with creative marketing ideas for your business as a real estate broker when you're busy all the time, when you got showings in the morning, you got to walk through in the afternoon, and then you got families, right? You got families, you got kids, you got life, you want to work out, maybe you meditate, you got to eat, you know, and then the next day happens. And the next thing you know, like, damn, where did April go? It's already May. Where, where was 2019? Oh my, and you know, time just goes by so fast. So if you don't, if you don't grab onto the minutes that you have, and, and structure them and plan them and have discipline with your time. Um, I don't know how you can control your own success, right? Because that's, that's what it is for me. Like I want to be successful. So how do I control that process and make that actually happen other than just, I'm going to work as hard as I can and see what happens, you know, which is what most people do. Like they get up, they go to work, they go home. Hopefully good things happen. I made all my calls. No one called me back. I'll try again tomorrow. Like that's, that's not good structure, right? That's not good discipline. Um, and so, listen, we don't have to talk about the course, but like, you know, I, I, I created the sales course um, uh, for for everybody who just is sick and tired of talking to real estate coaches that don't sell real estate every day. Like I, I've never found, you know, and I, and I love all of them that exist. They're great. And I love that they're motivators for people that do love their work. But like, I, I can't find or have found a great, uh, real estate course or coach from someone who's actually selling a $10 million apartment today, someone who's actually renting an apartment tomorrow. Like who's in this right now that's actually doing this just like I am versus someone who's just trying to make money off of me because this is their whole business, right? Like, so we created the course to put it out there so that people could have an actual real estate broker mentor and a community that I never had when I started. Um, and so that, that's all I'll say about it. But like I, you know, we create we created a COVID-19 guide for everybody uh, to figure out how to get through this and how to stay productive. And it's been super helpful for everyone. Um, and just little tips and tricks and things to think about that you otherwise wouldn't think about during this time. Um, like you said, like creating a community group. And I got a lot of I got a lot of shit about it on Instagram because I told people to, um, you know, I was trying to think of like something random that someone would have interest in because a lot of people say, well, Ryan, I, there's nothing unique about me. I'm just a mom. There's mom's groups everywhere. Or I'm just a dad. I play golf. There's golf groups everywhere. I'm like, okay, well, maybe there is nothing interest about, interesting about you, but maybe there's no group for it on Facebook. And Facebook's a huge platform worth tons of money. And you can find lots of people on there. So maybe you like cats, right? And I gave this whole thing about how if you like cats, you can create a, a cat community group and be the community leader for people who love cats um, and put that out there and put it out to your network and you'll meet 10 or 12 or 14 other people who also have cats and they're going to be new clients for you down the line. Why not just do that? And everyone's like, oh, that's the secret to success. No, it's just an idea for everybody else. It's like, oh, well, I don't do CrossFit. That's not my thing. I don't have anything. I like... I like Netflix. Okay, make a community group about people who are obsessed with one TV show. Like, what's your favorite binge-worthy show? Make a group about it, right? The people have book clubs. Make a streaming club. Why not? Like, I just came up with that. Make that. Is there a streaming club in your neighborhood for, like, what are you streaming tonight? Because everyone is stuck at home. What are you watching? Be the community leader for that. Talk to people about what they're streaming, what they're talking about, and then get together once a week 
once this is all over, because everyone's going to be so excited to get together and hang out and have dinner together and have coffee, like the human connection is still a really real thing. There's only so much this screen can do for us. <laughs> and those people will be friends first and clients second. Why not? Like, why? What's holding you back? Right? It's just it's almost like you. you, you it's almost like you knew the next question because I only have two questions. I know your time is valuable and I really appreciate you being on here. So, um, okay. by the way, I, I shout out to Alex Vidal who uh, introduced me to Ryan uh, from Related Group. Uh, he's the president of ISG uh, Related Group. He's a he's an awesome guy and uh, uh, very well uh, appreciated. So yeah, I, did, um, I did his podcast, uh, I guess, a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, and I'm like crammed into my room, sheltering in place up in the north, right? And his view is like sun, grass, a pool. And I'm like, yeah, how's, how's quarantine going for you? You okay? You hanging in there? It's like, well, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's tough. Tough, could be worse. I'm like, dude, look at your background. I've got like snow here. I can't breathe. There's people dying on the streets. Unbelievable. If you're Don't in Florida, it's okay. Don't worry, Ryan, I can find you a house. Thanks. <laughs> um, so, what are the what are your top three Netflix or streaming uh, shows that you watch, and one that uh, you're watching currently? Uh, oh man, I mean, we do you watch yeah, TV? We, yeah, 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 yeah. We, uh, yeah at night, we do. Um, so, what I do, I can't do emails to silence. So, I'll clean emails <laughs> and plan for my next day with a something on in the background. So like everybody else, I think we watched Ozark when the quarantine started. That show is awesome and it's totally messed up. Um, <laughs> then from there, we watched, uh, what did we watch? We watched uh, Tiger King like everybody else. And that was totally weird and crazy. And now, um, oh, we watched 000 on Amazon Prime. That show is messed up. If you like, you know, if you like Narcos, uh, that mm -hmm. show makes Narcos look like like kindergarten. Um, <laughs> but a very good show, very smart, well-written, totally crazy. Um, Succession on HBO is an amazing show. But right now we're watching um, uh, we're watching The Walking Dead, which we've never watched before. Everyone kept telling us to watch it, and people talk about it all the time. Um, and Amelia, my wife, always said, no, 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 zombies, gross, blood. I'm not going to, no way, no way. And I forced her to watch one, and it was like kind of okay. And we're like, fine, let's try out the second one. And she was like, I can't stand the show. This is on the killing and this, that do never turn it off. <laughs> and she is an addict. Like I've never, ever seen it. And then I see like women are obsessed with that show. It's not even the guys like husbands watch it. It's good. It's good TV. It's action, whatever, you know, it's crazy. These women are obsessed with it. And she like talks to her friends who are like, Oh my God, I know. What season are you on? What episode? Oh, yo, my God, the baby. Oh my. And they get like, <laughs> And she turns her eyes away when it gets really, really bloody and gory. But she, it, I've never, I don't know what it is, man. Like, I've never seen uh, her so obsessed with the show. But that's what we're watching now. We're way behind. We're like in 2012 as far as the episodes um, go. We, we just started Homeland, so. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> what, you're on we're season one? Yeah. Well, uh, see, we just started season two. Oh, dude. Brody. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to tell you anything, but. Like the first three or four seasons of that show is the best TV I've ever seen. It is such an amazing show, such amazing writing, such great characters. It is like, it's so good. Claire Danes and, uh, sure. and yeah. And, and Damien, like they, they deserve all of the accolades that they got from that show. It's, it's brutal though. Oh, it's no, gonna, no, no, no. I, lo I, I love it. Uh, the other, gonna, the other one. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
I'm sure. The the other one though, I like a lot is Money Heist. If you haven't watched that, so. haven't um, watched it yet. Everyone talks about it. Everyone talks about it. That's a good one. All right, last thing. I, I know you. I know you're busy. Get get you on to doing some. Uh, hopefully, some business or such. Um, what uh, what do we not know about Ryan Sarian that you care to share here? Oh man, <laughs> what do you not know? Um, I. I don't know. Like, what don't you know? Um, uh, if I was given the opportunity, I would eat everyone under the table. I have an insatiable appetite, you know, and it gets very dangerous, which is why I have to intermittent fast, which is why I work out every day. Not because I enjoy it, but because I would be incredibly overweight and incredibly tired all day long uh, <laughs> if I didn't, because I, uh, because I was when I was younger. Um, and I don't know what it is, but I all eat like a pint of ice cream at night, you know, on top of pizza, on top of chicken fettuccine Alfredo. I love food. I love food and I love sweets. Um, and you wouldn't know it, but I, I love it. And it's terrible that they're bad for you. And it really, really, really messes with my head. Um, but I have to really work on controlling my insatiable appetite as much as I can. I don't know. Maybe people don't know that. Awesome. Ryan, I can't thank you enough for being on. I really appreciate it. Uh, we've got some really great comments, obviously, and you have some great followers. And how can we help you? Is there some, is there a plug that you can uh, do? Is there something that we can do for you? No, just, I mean, listen, if anybody here has clients in New York City, email me, ryan at ryansirhant.com. Um, if you've never taken a training course and you have some time to do it right now, I think, uh, I mean, you know, we've got like 4,000 members now and I don't think they, they can be wrong. You can go to ryansirhant.com and check it out. Um, I think it's one of the best. And other than that, let's just all keep working together and let's be, let's be stronger together, right? We're all in this together. We're all salespeople. We're all crazy. Um, we all decided to be real estate agents and uh, it's, a, it's an admirable career and sales is the best. Like I love salespeople. So let's help each other. Like let's not be adversaries coming out of this. Let's drop the competition. Let's just help everyone. And if I got clients for any of you guys, I will absolutely send them down. Um, and let's just work together to make the world of real estate a better place. Yeah, 100%. A little virtual hug. So, you know, appreciate it. Uh, Ryan, thanks so much. Uh, listen, Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Uh, we uh, we love we love giving you value. We love, um, you know, to sum up Ryan's kind of interview is basically be prepared for that opportunity, change your mindset, make sure that you are really going after it and working uh, with this time, this quote unquote downtime, you know, very wisely. So uh, yeah. appreciate Ryan. Uh, of course. See you on the, ne you, uh, on the next uh, vlog that you have. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. The see, we'll see you next Tuesday. All right. Stay healthy. Yeah, you too.